You should send people from Yerichai where they were, Ha'ai to the next city called Ay Asher in Beis Oven, Mikad and the Basel. So there was a cluster of three different cities, Ay, Beis Oven, and Basel. And they earmarked Ay as the next place which they wanted to fight against. So you should send people, we told them, Ado Veragros Horitz, go and spy out Basel Reconnaissance. The land, Again, the idea wasn't whether they should attack or not, like we said last time, it was they were in the middle of the fight already. The idea was just to be get information about what uh, the size of the city is and therefore how to prepare for, to attack them. Right. So it says, The messengers he sent, the Miraglim he sent, came back and they said to him, We don't need the whole nation to go up to fight against I. Two or three thousand people, that's enough. It'll be enough to destroy. It's not such a big city. We don't need to, so to speak, schlep the whole Klai Yisrael to fight against it. It's a small place and therefore there's uh, no reason to send so much the whole army. Are such words like not appropriate words? Okay. So you should take their advice. You know the Miraglim point out that the the, the point out that the Miraglim didn't do exactly what Yeshua told him to do. The tzivui of Yeshua was alu beragros oritz, go out and go and spy out the land, and it says vayalo anoshi beragros oai. The the Miraglim went and they only spied out the city of Ai, and not the surrounding area. Why it was important, the difference, and why we're going to see it makes enough kibbutz is because when I went out to fight in Israel, the surrounding cities came to join them. So Basel, for example, you're going to see, joined the fight against Klai Israel, And that wasn't something that the Miraglim took into account. They just looked at I itself as an individual, so to speak, target, and saw how big I was. Whereas you should have told them, like, look at the whole area around I to see what like, kind of, uh, so to speak, reserves or helping friendly armies that they'll have to help them. Not that this is going to make a difference, but we see that the Moroccan didn't do exactly what Yeshua wanted them to do. So Yeshua takes their advice. About 3,000 people left in order to fight against I. They weren't successful, and uh, the tide of the battle turned against them. They had to run away from the people of I. Not only that, the people of I so to speak, caused casualties in Klai Yisrael, like 36 people, which we're going to see Chazal already ask, why was it Kishloshim Vishishish? Why is it like 36 people? Should have told exactly how many people that uh, they, they attacked or that they killed. They chased him from the gates of Ai. And uh, there was like, a, I was on, a, on some kind of a mountain, so the whole descent from the mountain, the people of I chased them away. And Israel's resolve crumbled because they saw that they had lost this Yad Even against an easy target, so to speak, like I, which shouldn't have taken more than the two or three thousand people they sent there to attack, they had been unsuccessful and they suffered losses, they suffered casualties when they were trying to take I. Now we said, Chazal pointed out, why does it say, Kish Loshim Vishisha Ish? Like 36 people, so Chazal point out here in a number of places 
that only actually one person got killed. His name was Yarbim Menashe. Yarbim Menashe was uh, a son of Menashe, grandson of Yosef. He was already a much older man at this stage. And he was a big tzaddik. Uh, and why does it say like 36 people? Because you know that the Sanhedrin is 71 people. And therefore a majority of the Sanhedrin is 36. Right? 36 is 72. So 36 is just over the halfway of the Sanhedrin. And the loss for Klai Yisrael that Yarbim Menashe got killed was Ke'ilu that they lost most of the Sanhedrin. And therefore, even though it was only one casualty, but it was, in Klaishal's eyes, it was as tragic as had they had lost most of their leaders. We remember that the advanced force always was Bnei Gad and Bnei Rov and Chati Shevet Menashe. And therefore, Yarbim Menashe was part of the expeditionary force who went to fight Ai. They were part of the vanguard. That he was from that Chati Shevet Menashe that, was, that took the Nachra and Ever Yarden. And uh, that's why he was the one who was got killed in the battle. He was like sort of a front-line soldier. Even though he was an old man. Even though he was an old man. It's a very interesting thing. The Vilna Gaon points out, only the Vilna Gaon can, um, the Duke, the exactitude of the Torah writes things. Uh, the Pasuk, when it talks about, when Moshe says, the end of the Devarim, how he apportioned the Eretz of Sichon V'Og, the land of Sichon V'Og, to Ruvain and God, and Chathis Shevet so it says like this. There were two, the Chatish Shevet Menashe, the, the half of Menashe, which was in Avery Yarden, was two of the families of Menashe. One was the family of Machir, and one was the family of Yair. Those are the two families of Menashe, which became obviously a much bigger group of people who took the Nacht in Avery Yarden. And the way that Moshe writes it in the Torah, he says, Ola Machir Nasatis Agilad. To Machir, the first family of Menashe, I gave Gilad. And the next passage says, Yair bin Menashe, Lokach is called Chevel Argot. Yarbim Menashe took the Chevel Argov, the strip of land called Argov, which was on the border of the Menashe. So the Vilna Gaon asked the question, why does it change the language? Why when it comes to Machir does it say Nosati? And when it comes to Yair, he says he took. Right? If Moshe is saying, I gave it to him, he should say by both of them, I gave it to this part of Machir and this part of Yair. Why does it change the, the verb? From one to, he gave him when he took. So the Vilna says a beautiful thing. He says that Moshe's condition in giving them Eva Yarden was, he said, if you go and fight in front of Ta'a Yisrael and uh, Hashem gives them the land, then I'll give you Eretz, uh, Eretz uh, the, one, the land they wanted, Eva Yarden La'achuzah. Right. So Mochir fulfilled the condition. Mochir went and he fought, like he promised Moshe, and he was with them until they conquered the land. And so he Moshe gave him the area he took, the area of, of Gilad, because he fulfilled the condition, so Moshe gave it to him. Whereas Yarbim Menashe never fulfilled the condition because he died in the battle. So the condition was, if you fight until Hashem gives him the land, then I'll give you this place. And he never got there because he died in the, in the fight against Ai, so he was never there until the end of the conquest that, so to speak, Moshe's Matana should have been Chal. And therefore the Pasuk says he took it. In other words, no objective, of course, he died in the battle. It wasn't his fault, but it was never given to him. It wasn't given to him because it never got to the stage that he had like, waited until the end of the conquest to be given, so to speak, by Moshe, what uh, his chalek in Eberayad, and therefore the Torah changes the words. By Mahret says Nasati, and by Yarit says he's Lakach, he took it. He, he took it because he was meant to get it, but the uh, Maisa, he, he never lived, so to speak, to fulfill Moshe's condition, and therefore he got it, and therefore to take it, so to speak, by right, where Moshe gave him. Okay, so that's the, that was the tragedy which happened at I. Why did, like I said, why did Israel take it so hard? 
uh, in battle people can people can get lost. And the answer is it wasn't so much the battle as much as they thought that they lost it at Nishmai. And uh, we're relying on that, right? And the, the whole point of the miracle of Yericho was to show that Hashem was with them. And now that the fact that they had uh, suffered the loss showed them that the Hashem was no longer with, with them, which was exactly the case, because Hashem was angry at Klaishal, like we said yesterday, because someone had broken the rules of the Kherim, so so to speak, he withdrew his protection, and now Klaishal was scared, because what they were relying on to help them in all the future wars also was the Tziyaz Nishmai. And if they felt they'd lost it now, so now they lost their resolve to fight. So Pazit is like this, Vayikra Yeshua Simlaisa, Yeshua tore his clothing, Vayipra al-Pond of Atzlif Nehra and Hashem, of the Erev. And he's falling on his face, the sign of davening, in front of Aaron until the night, Huvazikna Yisrael, Vayalu Ofer al-Rosham, with the sign of Avedus. Vayemri Yoshua, Aho Hashem Elekim, Lama Ha'avarta Ha'avirus Ha'amazes Yarden, why did he cross Klayashal over the, the Yarden? In order to give us into the hands of the Amari. We, I see we're losing the battles, so we're going to get killed by the Amari. If we only would have been able to, like what we would have wanted, and we would have stayed on the other side of the Yarden. And uh, the question is, what kind of a twin is this? What kind of fit is it? It's like kind of blaming Hashem. Why did you take us across the island to punish us? And uh, it's not it's not very different to what Moshe says to Hashem. Why did you send me to Paro when things only get worse? And Hashem objected to that. Like Rashi said in Bajas Vaira, Hashem says, Chaval al obviously got lost is no one likes him anymore. The things don't go the way you want originally, and you come complaining to Hashem, why did you do this? Right? And we find by the obvious, they didn't necessarily get what they expected they would get either. When no one asked questions, Hashem does what he's doing. No one, asked, no one challenged Hashem, why are you doing this to us? And therefore, the time they had was, so, like, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, why do you, what, like, you aren't on the level of the obvious that when things don't go the way you expect right away, you come with complaints to Hashem, why did you send me? And the question is, why don't Yeshua learn, so to speak, from Moshe's mistake? He comes with a very similar time. Right? Not that, what did we do wrong, and therefore we lost the Yad Nishmai. It's like Kido complains against Hashem. Why did you cross us the Yarden River, and we would have much rather stayed on the other side? Right. So what's the, what's the understanding? This is finished uh, with Yeshua's filler, let's say, and you can explain it. This is Biashem. Mo Omar, what should I say? After Hashem Hafak Yisrael, Erev is now over. Yisrael had to turn back. They were after being chased by the enemies. And what's going to happen? The Yishma Aknani v'Chol Yosher Aretz v'Nosab Olenu. Now that uh, the, uh, all the other Knani nations will hear that they had been successful in repelling the Jewish people, so they're all going to gather together to find us. The Chris Hashemenim Aretz, they're going to destroy us. The Matayis Hashem Chol Agodu. That will cause a tremendous chilul Hashem. Right, that Klaisha uh, are, are coming with the guarantee of Hashem that they would take Eretz Israel. And if Klaisha uh, will be destroyed by the Knanim, so then it's going to look like Ilu HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, guarantee or HaKadosh Baruch Hu's protection wasn't able to look after them. This is also an argument that you should learn from Moshe Rabbeinu in a different time. After the, after the Chait of the Miracle, after of the Eglazov, so, also then, the Klai Yisrael collectively lost, so to speak, Hashem's protection. 
And Hashem showed it to them by taking away the Nani Yaakovit. So Moshe also came to Davin and say, if Klaish are going to get destroyed now, it's going to cause the Chilul Hashem. Right? Vesham Mitzrayim, they're going to hear that you took them out of Mitzrayim and you destroyed them in the Midbar, and they're going to say, they were right. Hashem couldn't do anything with them, so you destroyed them in the Midbar. So it's going to make Chilul Hashem. And that's a similar argument to what Yeshua says here also. That when the Knani find out that they started to be victorious over us, so then they will all gather together and fight us. And then what's going to, it's going to cause a Chilul Hashem? Okay, so there's two different arguments, so to speak, in Yeshua's words. The first one is, we can say nearly a complaint. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, why did you cross us the Yarden? Why did you, you would have, you know, bring us to this point to destroy us? We would have been happy if we stayed on the other side of the Yarden. And that we said, that's, uh, we have to understand, what was Yeshua trying to say? How could he make such a complaint to Hashem? And uh, the second point is, the second argument is, the argument of the Chidol Hashem. So let's talk about the second argument first. Let's talk about the second argument first. Both by Moshe and by Yosha. And that is, it's also something we can ask a question about. We can ask the question, Ki'ilu, is it our job, so to speak, to worry about the Chidol Hashem? Dahainu, we're saying, HaKadosh Baruch you can't do this to us because for your sake it's going to cause the Chidol Hashem. So we see that, we can ask the question, HaKadosh Baruch also is, is interested in making Kedosh Hashem in the world. And he also is aware of that Cheshman. And if he still thinks that Kedosh Hashem deserves to be punished, so what kind of argument is it for us to say that, no, never mind us Hashem, but we're doing this for you. That it shouldn't be a Chilol Hashem. Is that our, so to speak, obligation to worry about that? So it's interesting, the Mephoshim say yes. The Mephoshim say yes. That... Klai Yisrael is entrusted with the job of causing a Kiddush Hashem in the world. And uh, if something is going to cause a Chidol Hashem, so then we have the right to be Tevea, we have the right to make a complaint, to make to, 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 say, to say to Hashem, Ke'ilu HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we ask you not to do this because of the Chidol Hashem which will result. But MS is, that's our responsibility. If we are entrusted with making a Kiddush Hashem, then we have the right to, so to speak, daven and say to Hashem, if this is what you're going to do, so then it's going to cause a Chilol Hashem. And that's, it's not like it's, okay, that's Hashem's business, why are you asking for that? It's not, it's ours. It's our responsibility. We had a daven like that. To choose that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, should ask, act in a way that's Kiddush Right. For us to decide that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if this happens, then it's going to cause a Chilol Hashem. And therefore we're asking you not to do that, because not for, not for us, so to speak, but for you. Because it shouldn't cause a Chilol Hashem. And it wasn't just motion you should, but so we say this in our also. Mm-hmm. Right? With number one, David Amersandilim. It's not for us. It's for you. You're doing it for you. And therefore, David can say, Hashem, you have to serve Klai Yisrael, not because we, Klai Yisrael, uh, deserve it, or we don't, because we're on the level that we should save us, but for you. Right? And that's what we say also in, uh, in Rosh Hashanah. L'mancha, right? It's not because we deserve it, but it's L'mancha. We have the right to daven for what we see as being a Kedah Shashem. Now, the problem is that there's a, we'll talk about that more next time also, that the Shaila is when's the Kirishim, when's the Chidul Hashem. In other words, there's a Chidul Hashem the other way around also. And that is when Ki'ilu, like the Pasuk says in Yechezkel, that Ki'ilu, the Goyim see Jewish people doing Averis, not living up to Hashem expects, then they get away with it. So they, they come with a tiny Ki'ilu, there's no justice. That look what Klai Yisrael are doing, and look at nothing happens to them. Right? Well, that's not fair. That's not just. That's good of favoritism. That also makes a Chilol Hashem. 
on the contrary, the the pasuk in Yecheskel there says, Hashem says he brought the carbon because ve'echmel Hashem kodesh yemechudal bagoyim. Right? Uh, it was causing a chidol Hashem the fact that Hashem wasn't punishing the Jewish people. And that's the important point. On the one hand, the argument of Kiddush Hashem can be used to Klai Yisrael's benefit. Hashem don't punish Klai Yisrael because it's going to look like a chidol Hashem to everybody else. On the other hand, that same argument of chidol Hashem can be used against Klai Yisrael. That if Hashem is, is silent and isn't acting justly, when the Klai Yisrael do things wrong, then that's a showing Kilo Hashem is not just. That chas v'shalem is chidol Hashem also. What's the difference? What's the difference? And this is an interesting point. The difference is, are people aware of Klai Yisrael's Averis? If Klai Yisrael's Averis are so obvious that everyone else can see it, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to act. Not to act is making a Chilol Hashem. It's either that the Goyim would say, look, Klai Yisrael can get away with murder. Klai Yisrael can get away with doing Averis, and Hashem doesn't care. There's no justice in the world. That makes a Chilol Hashem. So if Klai Yisrael's Averis are known to everybody else, then Hashem has to punish them. But if no one else knows, if it's something only, the Goyim don't know that what Klai Yisrael did wrong, it's only Klai Yisrael which know. So then Adarab, then the fact that Kodesh Baruch forgives him isn't going to make a Chidol Hashem. And it's the other way around. In a case like that, if they get punished, then it makes a Chidol Hashem. Why didn't Hashem look after them? If in the eyes of the Goyim it looks like we tzaddikim, so now how can you punish us? Then it looks bad that, we, that Hashem couldn't look after us because the Goyim think we tzaddikim. But if the Goyim see where we are showing, then it's the other way around. Then the Chidol Hashem is not to punish. And that's why both Moshe and Yeshua had to be careful. They could only use the argument in a case where the Goyim didn't see what Klai Yisrael did wrong. Like over here. The Goyim didn't know Klai Yisrael did anything wrong. They had just one eye and now they were losing. So now the Goyim thought, wow, look, we can attack Klai Yisrael. So obviously they aren't as strong as you make at them. And they didn't know what Klai Yisrael had done wrong. And if that's the case, the Chilol Hashem would be if Klai Yisrael gets destroyed. Because people would think, you see that Hashem couldn't protect Klai Yisrael even though we thought they were on such a high level. Masha Enke, when it came to the Khurban, when it came to the Khurban, then it was the other way around. It was widespread knowledge what Klai Yisrael was doing wrong. And if that's the case, it's, it's, you, couldn't, you couldn't claim Chidol Hashem. The Chidol Hashem was to keep quiet. But after Yirmiyah it was clear to see her Tumah. Everyone saw what Klai Yisrael was doing wrong. And therefore, Adarab, the Kiddush Hashem was to show that the Klai Yisrael also get punished. It is justice. The Hashem doesn't act unfairly to Klai Yisrael. And therefore, when we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kiddush Hashem to protect Klai Yisrael, it has to be in the Nukura where Klai Yisrael aren't so obviously doing things wrong that it makes the Chilol Hashem the other way around. Okay, that's what I'm talking about tonight. But as I said, the first argument, we're out of time, we'll talk about it next year.